0: Hello and welcome to the Sticky Buttons podcast. I'm your host, Blake, and Brandon will not be joining me this week, but we wish him lots of rest and relaxation. Joining me this week is returning guest, my good friend and sharpshooter on the sticks, Kyle. Thank you for joining me today. And how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Blake. Thanks for having me. I am excited to be back.
0: Hell yeah, man. So today we're gonna be talking all about Starfield and our Starfield speculation. And I just gotta ask, Kyle, how hype are you, man? Are you like me? Have you gone down the dark side? Are you like way too hype for this game? Because I've given in, man. I've watched the Direct like three times. I've watched three plus hours of like frame for frame, breakdowns of it. I even bought the controller. I'm all in, man. Hell or high water, I'm I'm buying this game.
1: Yeah, no, it's honestly hard to, you know, hold in my excitement for this game. I think it's probably the most anticipated game of the year, you know, I mean, Mm. definitely for me, it sounds like for you and I I think for the whole video game industry. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited and I'm just excited to get into it. I think I've probably watched the same content you've watched, anything that they're (laughs) sharing regarding how development is going and more details on the game i've been trying to keep up to date so yeah i'm very excited
0: hell yeah man i guess before we get into it i do kind of want to just get like a little bit of a brief history um with you and bethesda you know obviously this is the same maker as the skyrim elder scrolls oblivion elder scrolls i guess skyrim and elder scrolls online as well as Fallout. Like, would you mind just giving like a quick history with you and Bethesda and like have you really clicked with their other games? I mean, I know you're a huge Skyrim fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely a huge Skyrim fan. So you're gonna take me back here. Obviously, I think most people who play video games, you know, they know they're aware of Bethesda or at least some of the games they've done, including Skyrim or some of the other Elder Scrolls games, or the Fallout series, of course, that's a really big one. But as far as, you know, personally, my experience with Bethesda and their video games, it goes back to Skyrim. And that would be, I don't know, when that released.
0: It was 2011.
1: 2011. Okay. So I was about 12 or 13 years old, I think.
0: Prime video game age.
1: Prime video game (laughs) age. And, you know, I actually have a funny story about how I came across that game. At the time, I had never heard of Bethesda Studios. I think I was a little too young for Fallout, really. is I mean, it was a pretty mature game, I think, mm-hmm. at the time. So I, I had no experience with the studio or any of their games. And I remember going to a GameStop with my brother and my cousin, which this was back when people were still getting their games from GameStop, not mm-hmm. through your console. And we were going to pick out a game. So me and my brother were going to get a game to play, and my cousin was going to get a different game. And then we were going to kind of compare you know, how they were after we had played them for some time. And so me and my brother decided we were going to get Dead Space. I think it was Mm. the original, which, I mean, most people know about that game, which is super fun, super scary. But then my cousin comes across this Skyrim game, and he's like, you know, this looks really interesting. None of us had even heard of it yet. We had no idea, you know, what this game was about. But, you know, just looking at the box, the game came in and the pictures and the description we're like you know what why not so my cousin bought Skyrim and I think about 24 hours later he gave us a call and was like you guys have to get this game I have not been able to put it down it's addicting you can do literally anything in this game so that's my introduction to Skyrim and Bethesda and from that point on so we obviously went out and bought the game and I mean like most people just could not put it down and I could go on for days about Skyrim, but I think the biggest thing for me, what I loved about it was just the opportunity to kind of make your own experience. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to with Starfield. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, Blake, have you, have you played Skyrim before? I can't yeah, I yeah. can talk about it.
0: Yeah, I'm a new, I think I kind of missed it at the time, but I've since played, gosh, I've started it half a dozen times and... I do really like it. I think it's a little hard to go back to today, but I mean, they've actually, they just released a new edition and I just got the upgrade a couple of months ago. So I'm excited to give it another try, you know, but I mean, I do really love RPGs and role-playing games and that's something that Bethesda did with Skyrim. You know, they really kind of broke through and I just remember at the time, like everyone was talking about it and at the time I was in Boy Scouts and I just absolutely loved hearing like, You know, some of my fellow, I guess, like Boy Scouts, like tell me stories about like their experiences. Is it Tamriel? Is that the name of the world? You know, it sounds familiar. I don't remember, to be honest, exactly, because there's so many fantasy
1: names in that Mm -hmm. game for different (laughs) cities and towns. So I think it's, oh man, I don't even remember. I haven't played it in a long time, to be honest, but.
0: Yeah, Tamriel. The continent is Tamriel. Hell yeah. Go me.
1: <laughs> there you go. I wanted to say, though, I didn't mean to catch you off, but I wanted to say I'm glad that you kind of started this episode off this way because obviously the focus is going to be on Starfield. But I think in order to really understand the hype around this game and why I'm looking forward to it so much, you have to understand what's come before it.
0: Yeah, you got to understand Skyrim, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that's one of, I think, critically and just pure numbers that have been sold It's one of the most successful games of all time. It's definitely probably one of my top three. And we haven't even gotten to the Fallout series, which is just a whole other Mm -hmm. world, universe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd actually, I'd love to, you know, I think that's a perfect segue. And I do want to touch on Fallout a little bit. I've tried some of the Fallout games and they've just never clicked with me, man. I mean, I guess for me personally, I just feel like the world is just, they're very gray. I mean, like it's a post-apocalyptic world and... I just don't really enjoy being in the world because it's just like just the color palette is just so bleh and depressing, and, and the world's pretty dark. But something that it does really well, and you know, Skyrim does this as well, you can like join different factions, and I think that that's really cool. Obviously, you know, Skyrim's fantasy and you have like magic and melee weapons, but Fallout has gunplay, and they've got like really cool mechs and guns in it, and that's pretty awesome. You know so I mean I'm just excited to see if this is going to be like a marriage between the two. I guess some more context, you know, I mean Skyrim came out in 2011, you know, it's 2023, they haven't done the next one yet, and I think everybody is kind of just waiting like for what's next. And the big question is is, you know, like the next kind of Skyrim is this the sci-fi Skyrim? Is this the space? That is game? the big
1: question. That is a big question and I think What's the name of the guy? I think his last name is Howard. uh, Todd
0: Howard, I think. Todd
1: Howard, that's it. So the head of Bethesda or the studio, Mm -hmm. creative director, whatever his position is, he's the one calling the shots over there. I think he said in one of these videos, promotional videos for Starfield that this is their, Bethesda's first new universe, game universe in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Which is just crazy to think about. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Um, and he also said that in reference to Skyrim and Fallout Skyrim was your open world fantasy game mm-hmm. Fallout was your open world apocalyptic game Starfield is your open world space game and when it comes to open worlds and just
0: mm-hmm.
1: exploration and you know those types of things it doesn't get much bigger than space so they're mm-hmm. really kind of tackling this behemoth of a thing, which is very exciting, but I also do, I'm a little nervous, and we'll, I think mm-hmm. we we'll can probably get into that, but we have good reason to be a bit yeah, nervous about this release and what to expect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there's just, I guess, you know, it kind of feels like Skyrim. I mean, obviously, it took the world by storm, but it kind of did this, I guess there was kind of this ripple effect of Skyrim, where it was just so big and so vast, like the world was just, I mean, so immense. That it kind of seemed like every year, including this year, you know, since Skyrim, it seems like there's always been like a summer showcase or like a marketing presentation where they where somebody hops on a mic and says, this is going to be the biggest world ever. This is going to be the most open world ever. And, and they just never, there's never are. They haven't really, nothing's really come close. And in terms of like, you know, getting in and feeling like a real lived in space and with some of the more recent like assassins creeds like they're just so big it's like how could you ever how could you ever play this and you know i think part of like skyrim is kind of like multiple playthroughs is kind of like how a lot of people experience it and they do small chunks and they do certain quest lines and and they really role play like what is your character what would they do in this situation like yeah i can see that this would be the start of a new like faction's quest line but You know, my character, I don't think they really vibe with them, so they would just walk away. And I think that, like, it being so big really allows you to have those kind of uh, your own experiences. Absolutely. I guess there's a lot there, but...
1: (laughs) No, no, I totally agree. I think when you think about a game this big, I immediately compare it to other giant games that have come out Mm -hmm. recently, AAA games that are open world and whatnot. And I immediately think to cyberpunk, which I know you guys just did an episode about and you Mm -hmm. have your strong feelings about it, which were really interesting (laughs) for me to hear.
0: Did you end up
1: liking it? So what I'll say is I think I bought it when it first came out on, it might have been PlayStation 4 if it came out on that console. If not, it was PlayStation 5, but I was one of the first, you know, early adopters of the game Mm -hmm. where I was playing it at launch and it was just riddled with bugs. So that Mm -hmm. really ruined my experience. Give me a bad taste in my mouth. But I've gone back since then on my Xbox Series X, which, you know, performs a bit better. They've released plenty of updates to fix it, yeah. which you've talked to. But again, I think what I really resonated with, what you were saying, was that, yes, it is an open world game, but it doesn't feel that deep and rich. Like, you can't really go into all these different buildings and do things, and it just doesn't feel the same way like a GTA five does, where
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: just, the world feels so lived in and and whatnot. So yeah, anyways, maybe I'll come back to it someday, but yeah. I haven't played that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a great comparison point, you know, Cyberpunk, you know, it, it came out and it was an, an absolute disaster. And I think we've all been burned recently, you know, between that, you know, Redfield, like name a AAA game that you got excited for and, and got burned on.
1: And also I think more relevant example here, it. you can't talk about Starfield and the hype around it without talking about No Man's Sky. I mean, (laughs) you probably saw that one coming, but I mean, it's literally...
0: It feels like just about the same game.
1: And I think the only reason we can have any hope about it not turning into a No Man's Sky is because it's from Bethesda and they haven't given us a reason to fear so far. I mean, they've done these huge, groundbreaking open world games that have Mm -hmm. been very successful. And so we just have to hope that trust that this will be no different from those other games but again like no man's sky I think everyone's pretty much familiar with that game and its release but they tried to do something very similar to what starfield's doing where it's you explore it's a big space exploration game and you kind of make your own path
0: mm-hmm. and
1: obviously there were a lot of issues with that and I can't speak to the technical limitations there are that comes with building a game like that but I'm sure starfield's run into them and I just hope they overcame them in a way that No Man's Sky has not or or did not. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know we're going to kind of get into the direct in a second here, but I guess just two points, you know, that I wanted to hit on that. I want to come back to later. You know, I mean, I guess like two red flags for me when I'm thinking about this game, Todd Howard said, I think it was in the direct that there's over a thousand planets that you can explore and there's which, you know, there's the size of that is immense. And you know, there's a, another red flag to me, as you said, I, we just kept running into things where we didn't want to tell the player no, so they develop a new system. And when you kind of try and do too many things, you spread yourself too thin, you know, it kind of seems like from the player experience, it's like, oh, it is fun that you can do this and this, but neither of those systems are that deep. And, you know, just having like a surface level experience maybe for two things is not as good as having a deep experience with one.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's very well said. I think there's a good balance to be struck between like procedurally generated content, worlds mm-hmm. that are just procedurally generated by a computer and there's no human behind it curating the experience. And there's that other side of the coin where it's a world that's been touched by humans and they've, they've really put their work behind it and they're the ones designing the levels and, and the world. And so I, I hope that Starfield has struck that balance between the two. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there will be or a lot of the worlds might be procedurally generated or some aspects to them, like maybe the, the mm-hmm. life on the planets. But I think they made it clear that there is plenty of content that they curated themselves that wasn't procedurally generated. I think it's more than Skyrim and Fallout combined. So I think we'll mm-hmm. be just fine as far as like handcrafted worlds and, and cities and that type of thing. But I think it is a valid concern that, hey, we don't want to be exploring barren planets. It's cool you've got a thousand of them or however many there are. But if there's nothing worthwhile on them, nothing fun to explore, then what's the point?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, actually, I did kind of do a little bit of a deep dive before today just to like make sure that this was, because I thought I had seen this and I wanted just to double check. So I did double check this. For the a thousand planets, one thing that gives me a little bit of comfort is in the trade or in the like the 45-minute direct, they kind of show like your ship scanning a planet, and they show this a couple times. And in one of them, it shows like a planet, and it says there's like no. It doesn't say like there's any settlements on it, but it lists like the resources that this planet is rich in. And then on another planet, it lists like two different outposts that you could go to. So I think that one of the ways that they're going to mitigate that is showing you before you land on the planet if it's like what it's going to be like what kind of experience it's going to be is this going to be a barren resource heavy planet or is this going to be a place that has like tradable outposts and i think that you know obviously we'll have to see if they can execute on this but i think that that's a good system that gives me a little bit of comfort when hearing that kind of i guess like the sticker shock of a thousand planets
1: yeah no that's some really good context to add i remember seeing that as well in the direct video they released and also not to drudge too much on No Man's Sky but (laughs) I think that was a great lesson for everyone in the gaming industry not just Bethesda and Starfield like this is what can go terribly wrong with a game like this don't make this mistake if you're going to tackle something like this make sure you do it right because the consequences are pretty huge so hopefully they've won from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I do actually, I'm glad you brought No Man's Sky back up because I did kind of want to touch on that. I actually really liked No Man's Sky. I put over 30. Actually, I think my current save is almost 40 hours. But I just want to kind of touch on that. And I think this is going to be different from No Man's Sky because No Man's Sky had has infinite worlds. And (laughs) which is just absolutely crazy. Like you could honestly, you could play that game forever. And I think that there's just too much. And I mean, like, honestly, there's just too much. For example, like, I had to put the game down because I don't think it's a bug. It might be a bug. I mean, it's possible. I'm trying to go through, like, a tutorial mission. But because, you know, the world is literally infinite, it's kind of telling me that I have to, like, go this way in the galaxy. I guess, like, let's just say, like, I'm going southwest in the galaxy. And I've made, like, 30 or so jumps like that as far as my ship can take me and I'm not there I just spent like an hour trying to get to the place that I need to go to to you know to progress forward in a tutorial mission it's like I'm still not there yet because it's just too big it's infinite it truly is infinite with their procedurally generated worlds and I think that that's where you know No Man's Sky lost a lot of people is that yeah there is more than you can ever see is the materiality of it even worth seeing? And I think that they also kind of touched on some in the, the trail that I thought was really interesting is they kind of say that like, we're going to have certain planets and let's say I land on planet a and you land on planet a, we might get two. like, the world might be procedurally generated, but they're going to have curated locations on planet a and you might get like a totally different location than me. Like you might have a pirate encampment and I might have a mine. And they kind of say that just because you and your buddy land on the same planet doesn't mean that you're going to have the same experience. And I think that that's really cool. And I'm excited for that.
1: No. And I think I am glad that we're touching on it. I really don't think we can have a conversation about Starfield without talking about No Man's Sky, because I don't think I speak for myself when I say I'm making the comparisons between the two already like Yeah, absolutely. They we look no Sky. Similar. Yep, we know what it's about. It's just it's a big open, it's a space exploration game and you know what will Starfield do that's different and I think one of the biggest things is it's just going to be a deeper game in so many different so many different ways. And I think we'll probably cover those today, but it's not just going to be flying planet to planet to planet in your endless journey because there's endless planets in No Man's Sky. You're actually joining factions and doing missions and doing side missions and building outposts and some of these things you can do in No Man's Sky, but we just know Bethesda, we know that they're great at story building and character development and so that's how I think Starfield will really be different from No Man's Sky. It's just the depth of the game, the detail and all that all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I do, I guess, man, we're really dancing, we're dancing very close to talking about all the topics of the Direct. So I guess before we get too much further, I do want to ask you, how do you feel about the exclusivity of it all? How do you feel that this is on Xbox and PC only? How does that make you feel? I mean, obviously you have an Xbox.
1: Yep, um, so I, I do. <laughs> and if you've seen that last episode I was on, which was a while ago, so I've got a PlayStation 5, and an Xbox Series X. So mm-hmm. fortunately, I don't have to worry about exclusive games because I've got them both, so that doesn't apply to me anymore. But for a lot of people, that it does still apply to them, and they might feel left out. I mean, my brother, for example, he only has a PS5. And so he's very excited for this game, but he knows he's not going to get to play it unless he gets an Xbox. And I yeah. actually... You had told me the story about Brandon, who got an Xbox, I think, as soon as you guys were talking about Starfield, just based off pure excitement for the game. So, I mean, that does tell you a lot about this game and the hype around it and just the high expectations we have. People are literally willing to buy consoles for this game alone. But as far as how I feel about it, and I don't know, I don't really have like a moral commentary on it. <laughs> I think it's a great business move for Microsoft and Xbox. And I think PlayStation's probably got their fists in the air about it and they're upset. I feel like it's a war between the two consoles, And so, you know, Xbox is doing everything they can. If I hadn't already had an Xbox, the new Xbox, I think I'd go out and get one for this game alone. I really do. I think. I agree, man. <laughs> I think not to be dramatic, Bethesda has done, they've developed, I think, generation defining games. I mean, I think you can Absolutely. talk about Skyrim and Fallout in the same the same level as GTA, as Call of Duty, as other big AAA games. Obviously, that's skewed to what I play. But yeah, I think they've always built generation-defining games, which it says a lot. And I think Starfield will be no different. So I think it's ever there's a game to buy a console for, this is probably the one. So that's really my answer to that, Blake.
0: So do you think it's going to be a console-defining game? Or a generation-defining game.
1: I do, and I I knock on wood. Hey, we (laughs) got to knock on wood here. It's it's such (laughs) a bold statement, but how can you not anticipate that, you know, just given their Mm -hmm. track record? Given the things we've already seen and the things they're setting out to do, no other game has really done this. Again, you can point to No Man's Sky, but No Man's Sky will not, I really don't think it will touch the level, just the depth that this game will have to its characters, to its plot lines. To exploration, character development, I mean everything so yeah, I mean I really think we can look back on this a year after it's released and we'll be confident, with I will agree with what I'm saying right now, I really think so
0: Yeah, Yeah, I guess the only thing I want to touch on before we move on is in, you know, there was the recent trial for Xbox to acquire Activision Blizzard King and in that there was a, I guess like some leaked documents that Actually, I I don't necessarily know if this was leaked. I think this actually came to be public. And I think the judge had asked Xbox and PlayStation about Starfield specifically. And it kind of came out that PlayStation was going to make Starfield exclusive to PlayStation. And Xbox kind of said that, hey, if they do that, it's over. And they ended up buying all of Bethesda.
1: Holy cow. I did not know that. That's, Wow, what an interesting story, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously you'll have to, I think that IGN has some good reporting on that.
1: So you're saying that PlayStation wanted to make it exclusive first, and then Xbox said, nope, we're going to beat you to it. And that's when they started this whole acquisition deal.
0: Yeah, and that was for Bethesda, which happened or concluded a couple years ago. Let me see if I can do a quick Google search and find it. And if so, I guess we'll just see. Okay, so this is a quote, There was a really good quote, but I don't necessarily recognize the source. So this is from The Verge. And this is kind of the tagline. Microsoft acquired Bethesda after hearing Starfield would be exclusive to PlayStation. Microsoft saw Sony paying Bethesda to keep games off of Xbox and decided to do something drastic about it. And that's from The Verge. I'll link that in the show notes. But I I guess I just wanted to touch on that because, I mean, to me, that shows that they were so confident about this game that they bought the studio
1: that is a great point i mean seriously like money talks and yeah when you've got a game that they're willing that these two i don't even know what you refer to them as we'll just call them companies tony mm-hmm. and microsoft when they're fighting over a game like this to the point where microsoft says we're just going to outright acquire the entire studio i mean that's just crazy
0: yeah i think that that says a lot I guess if you're ready, let's. do you want to hop into some of the aspects of this Direct? Yeah, let's do it. So I guess before we get into it, we're going to talk about all of, or as many of the topics as we can cover from the 45-minute Starfield Direct, which Bethesda posted in, in the summer. Go check that out if you haven't. Uh, I think we're just going to kind of break down as many of the, I guess, like topics from that as we can think of. So go check that out if you haven't already. But I guess just moving right into the first one, the first thing that excited me when seeing this is they kind of talked about the space feel of it, and they kind of had this whole art style, and they coined it NASA punk. And they said it was more retro and more lo-fi than sci-fi. I guess, I mean, I'm a nerd for the art style, so I guess somebody that is as somebody that's not into that, how do you feel about that, and how do you feel about the overall aesthetic of it just coming right off of it?
1: Yeah, no, great question. I- I'm glad that you brought it up. I know you're very in tune with art styles and you'll talk about them for days. And I always, like your, your, I always like to hear your takes on them. I think I don't share a lot of the same enthusiasm. views on art styles. Yeah, enthusiasm is a good way of looking at it. Not to say they're not valid. I think you got very valid opinions on art styles. I'm just in a different, mm-hmm. I have a different taste.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want, so I want to bring it up with you.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So with Starfield, yeah, that NASA punk style, I love it, to be honest. To me, if anything, it, it skews towards the NASA side. It's mm-hmm. more like functional and utilitarian, which I really enjoy. I, on the spectrum of like art styles, I definitely go towards realism as mm-hmm. opposed to cartoon type, that type of thing watching the Starfield direct video and just seeing some of the footage of the game it looks very real to me which is I think very cool but it does have a good balance of sort of like fantasy that punk style as well it's not Mm -hmm. super cyberpunk all the way it's not like No Man's Sky because that Mm -hmm. was super colorful and super fantasy but with Starfield it seems just to be a bit more real which for me personally I'm really looking forward to I think that's just really neat
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know, I guess something that I wanted to kind of touch on when we were talking about Skyrim, but I guess we kind of just slipped and got away from it. You know, Skyrim is just so beautiful. I think that's one of the things that like, even me playing it so far after its release, just like getting in and seeing the sky and the aurora borealis and the stars, like that shit is breathtaking. Even if you are playing on the old, like the non-enhanced editions it is just incredible. And I guess like seeing just some of the vistas and the planets and like, it just looked so incredible. And like, I guess kind of as we were saying, as opposed to like Fallout, it's just so dark and gray. And
1: And Blake, I need to stop you right there because I don't want to forget this thought. Go Um, ahead. yes, (laughs) Yes, Skyrim, I mean, is as far as just the scenery and the environment in the game, it's breathtaking. Even still, you know, 10 years later, more than 10 years later, it's the same thing but also the soundtrack. If you haven't played Skyrim or you haven't listened, look up the soundtrack because it's my favorite game soundtrack of all time. I mean, I will, when I'm working, I'll just put it on and play it because it's great ambient music. I think it's so well done and it really matches the gameplay. I mean, when you're in Skyrim, it just feels so immersive and the soundtrack plays a big part in that. And so that's something that I don't think they've really, when it comes to Starfield, we haven't heard a lot about the soundtrack, but, I mean, we can only expect that it's going to be really, like, awesome. I mean,
0: it's Oh, space yeah, space. I'm so excited for the soundtrack. <laughs> Me too.
1: So I think imagery is one thing, but also just the soundtrack of the game when you're just by yourself in space, like, they're going to – I'm sure they've had a huge focus on how to make that sound the best they can. So, yeah, soundtrack is something I'm really looking forward to that I don't think they covered in, in the direct video, but I no, want
0: I- I don't think they did, but I guess that brings up a really good point is that something that I noticed that I really enjoyed, I think one of the reasons I've watched it the direct three times is the actual, like, the sound design is just incredible. The sound that you hear when you loot somebody or when they reload a gun or when they hit the grav drive or when they're, like, in the cockpit turning the dials on the Starship, that kind of, it just, like, has such a great sound to all of it. It just feels so real. I think they really... Even if it's just the presentation of it, they really nailed like the sound design of those aspects. So I can't wait for to hear the actual soundtrack. And yeah, man, I listened to that. You know, funny enough, this week I was listening to uh, Skyrim Lo-Fi while I was working.
1: <laughs> no, there you go. I mean, it's seriously Skyrim soundtrack is one of the best game soundtracks out there. But I think, so I kind of sidetracked with the soundtrack. I think it's important to mention, which I'm glad we did. But back to, like, the environment and and the imagery of Starfield, what to expect. Yeah, I mean, if we look at prior games, Skyrim and Fallout and, and, and everything else, they've been beautiful games, just fun to look at. They still are a decade later. So I know they definitely made a point in the direct video to call that out, that one of the coolest things about this game is the way it looks and when you're in space i mean the views are breathtaking and it's really i think it's hard to truly capture that in any form let alone a video game but i think they probably if anyone's going to do it right it's Bethesda in this game so yeah, I think to your point, I'm really excited for just what the game's gonna look like when you're exploring, and we've seen a lot of it already in the direct, and it looks mm-hmm. awesome so far. Yeah, it looks it incredible. Do look breathtaking. Yeah, and they seem to take a lot of pride in that, so mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna drop the ball in that area.
0: I think they actually specifically call out. I think they said they upgraded their lighting system, and they have like a dynamic lighting system. And what they kind of do to show that off is they kind of show off like a planet. That you're standing on and you can see a moon and then they say you can act like see that moon over there that's an actual moon you can actually go there and then they go there and then you kind of see the perspective of the planet where you were just on and you can kind of see how you know the light from the distant sun is affecting both of them and i think that that is just that is just really sick
1: yeah no absolutely and i don't know that the technical specifications of this game and everything they were doing to enhance the lighting and, and what you were just talking to, but I'm excited for this to be on the next gen consoles. I think it will really take advantage of the capabilities of these new consoles. I hope it does at least, but I also think I remember them saying in the direct that again, there's a balance between picture quality and performance, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the best one to speak to it because I'm not very, I'm not well read on this topic, but I think there is a point to be made. I think they will, focus on performance heavily as well. Mm-hmm. So they might sacrifice a little of the visual performance to get actual game performance, which I'm okay with. And I think they've done that in past games and it's worked out just fine. But I think what really matters, they're going to make sure that they they fulfill our expectations. But I think it's something good to consider is just that balance between how the game looks and how it performs.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean how it looks and how it feels are you know are two totally different things and I think there was a little bit of controversy. They came out and said they were gonna lock a frame rate of 30 frames per second. And yeah, I mean, we're not necessarily the best people to talk to for that. I mean, I don't think either one of us are FPS snobs. But I guess just something I wanted to touch on is it, it kind of feels like, you know, we were growing up when Skyrim came out. And at the time there was just so much focus, um, like after Skyrim on, this is gonna be the best looking game. Like this is <laughs> This game is gonna look so real it really felt like we were taking these huge leaps and then it just got to a point and it feels like everything kind of stagnated. And I think that there's a lot of like industry analysts that have kind of said, like there's a diminishing return. Um, Like once you get to a certain fidelity, like it's just so hard to take it to the next step. And I think that a great comparison point is red dead redemption. And I remember, I guess, if you didn't know this, but Kyle and I lived together in college <laughs> and I remember you playing Red Dead and thinking like, this is just the most gorgeous game that's ever come out. And I don't think I've ever seen a game to date that has topped Red Dead Redemption or Red Dead Redemption I'll 2. Agree. I'll agree. No, I think this Redemption- one has the potential to top it. You do? I think it does. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I really hope so.
1: And I, I don't know if I disagree. I will say real quick, Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably the most beautiful game I've ever played. It just looks insane. And again, that's Rockstar Games and mm-hmm. talk about another franchise and with Grand Theft Auto and, and Red Dead Redemption. I mean, they're the best out there, one of the best out there with Bethesda. So, you know, me personally, I'm not ex- with Starfield. I'm not looking for graphics as much as I'm looking for just the experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: really what I think Starfield will do very well is giving you the option to do whatever you want. Red Dead Redemption 2, you had options, but still, you were on a pretty linear path. It is, yeah, it was a very... The game always ended the same. With Starfield, the focus is going to be on just making your own journey, doing whatever you want. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. So I think for anyone that's considering playing this game when it comes out and whatnot, I really focused on the gameplay and what comes with the world it's i don't know me personally i don't know if it will live up to red dead redemption 2's visuals i, hope I got it, my
0: hopes i got my hopes up high
1: <laughs> i know that's good i really hope it does but i feel like if you just compare bethesda's previous games to like rockstar's previous games for example mm-hmm. i feel like rockstar's graphics have always kind of been the best in the game so it'll be interesting to see how bethesda approaches that and how it really turns out
0: yeah, absolutely. So I guess one of the next things that, you know, that we could touch on is kind of just the exploration of it all. You know, they kind of touched on this in the direct and kind of said you can go anywhere. And I guess that's kind of the the whole part of it. So I guess like what are you most excited to explore?
1: It's a loaded of question, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I think for me, because the way I see it, and you kind of touched on it earlier, it sounds like you're gonna have two different ways to explore you Mm -hmm. can explore planets that maybe are scarce in development like maybe there's no outposts or no trading areas or you know people to meet there maybe it's more of a resource rich planet that you're just exploring the resources that provides and maybe the wildlife there and then on the other side you've got planets that were really handcrafted for the story experience and doing side quests and meeting people and doing that type of thing so for me I'm really looking forward to the handcrafted experience where you're Mm -hmm. meeting new characters and developing the plot as opposed to the more barren, resource-laden planets. And maybe that'll change, but that's kind of what I'm looking forward to right now. I think that's a very high-level answer to that. Mm -hmm. I didn't get too specific, but I'll think maybe I'll revisit that later. Yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess the next one, I guess let's just touch on the character customization. That was a big part of the Direct. They really kind of talked about how how it's going to be the most in-depth character customization they've ever had. And I guess just like right off the bat, like for me, no two faces look the same. Like every single face that they had in the direct was unique. And I thought that that was just awesome. Like, are you going to try and make yourself in this game? You know, that's another good question. I'm really curious to see what options there are. I mean, I don't know if you know this
1: answer, Blake, but can you make like an alien build? Does it have to be a human, or can you? Because in
0: Skyrim, you could do also. Yeah, you could do all kinds of races. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, is Starfield gonna be the same in that way, or? I
0: think that everybody's a human. I guess there are two things to this. They they also touch on in the direct. They touch on when you build your character and your character customization. Obviously, you have how you look, but you also have background. I guess the verbiage they used was traits and skills. And I guess traits is kind of like your background. I guess, for example, there's a city. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a city that is kind of like very cyberpunk, riddled with crime. I think it's called Neon City or something like that. Who even knows? But they kind of said like Neon City is, like you could be like a street rat and you came from that city. Or there's another one where you have like a luxury home. You have a luxury home on a distant planet, but. You have like a a loan with a bank and there's another one that I think it is alien DNA, which was you took place in like a controversial experiment and you have more health, but healing items don't work as effectively on you. So it's kind of like, you know, like give and take of those kind of things. And I think there was a couple others that they have. Like you could have parents in the game, but you have to send like 10% of your income. <laughs> yeah. And then they really went into this and there were some really goofy ones. Like there was one called wanted where you'd constantly be hunted, but you'd have a, a health buff when your health was low. And there was one where you I think it was called like hero worshiped, and there was a guy that was like Thought you were like an A-list celebrity and just was following you around.
1: (laughs) No, I think that's a really good way to explain this character creation, how they're approaching it. They did, in the direct video, they did talk to some of the really cool traits that you can associate to your player. I mean, if there's one thing Bethesda's always taken pride in, it's character creation and how detailed you can get. And I think back to cyberpunk they did a really good job with that i know in the last episode you really talked to the character creation in that game maybe it was a little too detailed (laughs)
0: perhaps (laughs) but i
1: think with starfield what i'm really looking forward to is not just the physical things you can do to your character but like those non-physical things like the traits like the whole parent thing that was surprising to me i mean what game has ever even thought to do that but it sounds so cool and fun like why not it really just i think it adds layers to your character development and it adds a background like you said and it just adds to the depth of the game which I've been trying to say from the start you know this game's real deep (laughs) and I think that's one really good example of it is just these traits and the background you can add for your character.
0: Yeah I mean I'm personally so excited to role play this and I think like adding these you know like the backgrounds and the skills really kind of lets you kind of build your own I guess a person that you can role play in this world. I'm really excited for that and I I'm just so excited because I feel like they didn't show us everything. Like, what is there? Like, what is the, I guess, the trait or the background that's going to come out, like, the day of and be like, oh, I can't believe you can do that. And, like, just how that affects you throughout the rest of the game, I think, is going to be just so interesting.
1: Yeah, man. And I'll just say, too, I think that applies to everything we're going to cover, not just character creation, Mm -hmm. but, like, exploration and space flight and your shipbuilding, everything they showed us so much and we're like, oh, already our heads are spinning. That's really cool. But what haven't they shown us? That's really going to yeah. take us. So that's what I'm gonna Oh, think.
0: man. Yeah, I can't even believe that. <laughs> what, what What is there? I think they touched on something. And I know that we had talked previously before we uh, hopped on this call. And one of the things that you were really excited about is they, they kind of say how much dialogue there is. And I think they said – like there's more dialogue than Skyrim and Fallout combined in this game. And to me, that's like insane.
1: Yeah. No, you're 100% correct on that. That's what they said. And yeah, that's, how do you even do that? You know, I mean, that's just so much.
0: I think this game's been in development for like eight years. I think that's how at you least, do it.
1: Yeah, I think I think at least eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, again, this game is just going to be so deep and it's so detailed in every facet. So, yeah, that's. There'll be no shortage of side quests, I'm sure, and people to talk to. And that's something mm-hmm. else I really like about Bethesda games is the way you can interact with NPCs. You can really have full-on conversations. I mean, a lot of games don't even give you the option to like pick what you want to say in a conversation. Like GTA or Red Dead Redemption is a good example. I can't remember. Red Dead might let you do it. But a lot of open world games that are out there don't go so far as to let you really direct a conversation and mm-hmm. pick what you want to say and bethesda has always done that in all the games so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to, to having conversations with npcs and like picking my responses and that type of thing
0: yeah absolutely and i think something for me that always takes me out of it when i play these kind of games is yeah i'm having a really cool dialogue but i've seen this character model before or i've seen this jacket on another character and like that always takes me out of it but it just seems like in starfield that At least from what they've showed us, like, everybody looked completely different. And I think there was, like, one character that they show off and it's, like, stranded on a moon. He's like, hey, like, take me with you. Like, I got to get off this rock. And it's like, that person's face, like, you didn't see that again. They kind of, like, showed off his skills. And it was like, what is this person going to do? Like, how is this person going to be different than your average Joe on an outpost? And I guess maybe this would be a good, I guess, like, segment into, like, the cities and the factions. And do you want to touch on that at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think those are two pretty distinct things. I
0: guess we can do cities and then factions.
1: Yeah, that works. That works. I think with cities, that's something I'm really just intrigued about because I don't think they got too deep into that in the direct.
0: They kind of barely even showed us shots of the cities. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I know they did mention that. It, it. I think the cities are bigger than they've ever been in any of games. So that's,
0: Promising. which is which
1: is big. And bigger not just in like physical size of the city in the game but also the amount of people that are in there to interact with and the detail I think of the buildings. So
0: I think they showed off like a coffee shop. They're just so like yeah. check out these NPCs getting coffee. They did.
1: Yeah. So that that's one area again just because they didn't they they kind of skimmed the surface of it. I'm really interested in how the cities will kind of function and what you can do in them because Mm -hmm. like we've been saying, I mean, we've just been burned with with these big open world games that aren't, they don't feel very deep or lived in. So yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And that's really all I can say about the cities. I don't know if you had any more you wanted to add.
0: Yeah, I think they've really showcased, I think they've mentioned four cities and I think they've showcased, showcase, I guess is a light word for it because they barely showed us any, but they kind of explained what three of the different cities are. And I think the fourth one, I think they said a name in passing and they didn't show any of it. But I guess there's like New Atlantis. So I think that is the city, I guess the capital of the United Colonies, which I guess is is the faction. I guess one of the largest factions. Like I guess like the bank is in the United Colonies and they have like an army. And it seems very like seems like there's a lot of institutions. It seems very like very
1: cosmopolitan.
0: Yes, like very like science and military are, are big branches. And I actually, you know, I think that they mention a triumvirate in the direct, and I think they call it MAST, which, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm, I'm really digging deep. We'll see if I can pull this off. I think it's like military something science triumvirate. I think they even say it somewhere.
1: And but what
0: even right. is a triumvirate? So a triumvirate, I think, is is like a form of government where there are three pillars. Let me see if I can find out what Mast and Starfield stands for. Oh man, I don't know. This I think I may have overreached here. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe this. So I'm one of the things I wanted to touch on is is lore and just like the lore of it. I'm already on like fan wikis. of <laughs> <laughs> like going into the lore right here about mast. Yeah, it's something military, something science triumvirate. Or I guess maybe, honestly, I think that may be speculation. There might be speculation on it.
1: Is this something? So it, it,
0: I don't know if I'm saying it right. Triumvirate? Triumvirate? I think that's how you say it. Triumvirate? I think it came from like the Roman Empire. Let me Google it. Okay. Triumvirate, and it's spelled T-R-I-U-M-V-I-R-A-T-E, and this is from Wikipedia. Triumvirate is a political institution ruled or dominated by three individuals or segments, known as triumvirs. The agreement can be formal or informal, although three leaders in a triumvirate are notionally equal. The actual distribution uh, of power may vary.
1: I wonder if a good comparison is like to our government, you've got the executive, legislative, and judiciary branches. Maybe that's a good application of it today.
0: You know, I wonder if maybe maybe there's a little bit of inspiration there. You never know. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, (laughs) so I guess New Atlantis, you know, it kind of seems like it's very like an institutionalized, I guess like everything is very white and it's got beautiful architecture and there's a lot the of cool capital. it
1: almost feels like at a game you know
0: mm-hmm. i guess it almost kind of looks some of like like some of the buildings could be in abu dhabi or london or i guess new york or you know sydney you know it kind of just look like name a big city with like beautiful steel and glass architecture it kind of seems like any of these buildings could be in any of those cities and i think that that's kind of You know, very much in contrast, I think they call it like the Free Star Collective, I think is what the faction's name is. And I think that they have like a very much like a wild west kind of town is kind of what it looked like. And like the city just kind of looked like it was more, you know, piecemeal together. Um, Like there was like a building here, building there. Like there's no like sense of identity, like core identity. But the people all seem, you know, very friendly and free and then you know i think they have like another city and honestly this kind of makes me like cringe a little bit this kind of gives me a little bit of the it kyle but they i think they call it a pleasure city (laughs) and they said anything goes
1: (laughs) oh yeah i know what you're talking about i can't remember the name of it but it used to be i think it used to be like a fishing city or a fishing town and then it just turned into this like this one felt super cyberpunk to me, yeah. You know, especially with this whole anything goes vibe that's got going, it, it feels super cyberpunk. I think they actually in the direct video they had a cutscene of like someone stabbed to death laying on a bed. Like they're just alluding that this is a crime-ridden place. Anything goes.
0: Yeah, it actually. <laughs> I'm really excited just to see what's here. Like just, just to see what this is about, because I kind of got the vibe. That it was a fishing village and the fish had like psychoactive properties to it, and that the fish like it's still a fishing village, but the fish is the drug. Maybe that's oh, awesome. Uh, that,
1: you know, I didn't pick up on that, but that would be really interesting, and that that's a pretty cool take on it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I've just watched too many theory like <laughs> frame breakdown videos, <laughs> and that's like stuck in my head. But I think that that would make sense we'll to me. I
1: have to revisit that because. That would be pretty, I mean, what an original idea. That sounds pretty yeah.
0: cool. It sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, and it looks like there's a couple different factions, a couple different gangs you could join there. And then I think, you know, I guess I guess getting to, like, the outer space exploration of it all, it kind of seems like there's, like, pirate factions and then there's, like, religious cults that you can join. And I think that even some of the, like, religious cults, like, those are, like, the backgrounds. Like, I think there was, like, one that was, like, raised enlightened and you were part of like a certain cult or a certain religion. And I think that yeah, just the factions and the places. I'm just so excited to experience that.
1: Yeah, no, and to your point about factions, that's something that I really loved about Skyrim was the different routes you could take in the game, the different stories you could have. Like in Skyrim you could be a good guy or a bad guy, or you could kind of be in between. Like any good open-world exploration RPG, you really get to pick kind of who you want to be, and it gives you a lot of options. So with Starfield, we can already kind of see that you have that same opportunity to be a good guy or a bad guy. And, I mean, I'm sure I'll have multiple different, you know, playthroughs, characters Mm -hmm. that kind of go both, like, different ways. So, yeah, I'm excited. They did kind of touch on, like, the pirates and that type of thing. And so I'm curious about that. Not to jump into space flight and dogfights and Yeah, all let's that, do but, it.
0: Let's jump right there. Okay, so
1: if you want to. So on the topic of pirates, they did talk about how you can pretty much chase down or shoot down another ship, board it, and kind of take it as your own. So mm-hmm. that seems really cool to me. I mean
0: – That sounds like super fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's
0: like truly high seas pirate shit like – I'm just gonna commandeer your ship, mate.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's ready to like, get boarded. Yeah, and I, I can't name a game that's done something like that in space yet. I mean,
0: so no. that that seems really cool.
1: Yeah, so I guess if you're ready to jump into space flight, that yeah, you. let's like, jump
0: right to it, man.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I just will start off by saying, I think they Bethesda understands how important this aspect of the game is. You can't have a space exploration game without having a very well done flight functionality, I guess. So it looks like, I mean, your spaceship alone, you can do so much to it. You can really make it your own. You can personalize it and you can modify it however you want it to. But yeah, it seems like
0: there's like functionality, like you can change it to have like a bigger grav drive or change it to have bigger weapons, or you could like just change it cosmetically. Like how do you want the inside to look? Like what color do you want? But also do you want more lasers or do you want a bigger fuel tank?
1: Yeah. Uh, and it seems like they're, that's kind of back to like the whole NASA punk thing. It seems like they're taking a very functional approach to how you'll play this game. Like your spaceship is not just for looks. It's not just how cool can I make this thing look? It's how can I make it function the best, the most efficient or the way I want it to? Do I want it to be super fast and maybe sacrifice strength and durability? Or do I want to be able to travel long distances? So I need a bigger fuel tank, but I'll sacrifice speed. It just seems like there's a lot that they're kind of allowing you to consider. And it's just very functional. And so I really I really enjoy that because I think if you just focus on the aesthetic of your ship and how it looks, you just kind of miss out on what, what makes it really fun when you're building a spaceship. And it's just like the functional things that how is this ship going to operate? How is it going to run? And they're I think they're doing a good job at that.
0: Yeah, totally. It kind of just seems like the perfect marriage of like form and function, but also like the adaptability, like what kind of ship do you want? Like, are you going to build a ship that's going to like carry a bunch of cargo or are you, you know, going to be a smuggler and you need something that's fast and can hold like cargo that's dangerous or cargo that can't be scanned? Or are you just going to make like a super fast ship that has, you know, crazy weapons on it because you're a bounty hunter and you don't care about carrying stuff? And you know, it kind of seems like you're going to be able to adapt that to your playstyle. And I think that's really cool. But I also feel like you're going to have multiple ships. Like I'm sure we're going to have like a ship that's like, this is just for cargo. Like this ship is just for space fighting. Like this ship is just for exploration. Like this one's got a huge fuel tank. I can take a ton of crew with me. This one is just me, but I've got some great guns on it. Or this one, like I could carry like a whole planet's worth of supplies on this. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's funny. I just, as we're talking about this, so many things keep popping up in my mind that I want to talk Mm -hmm. about. I feel like you could write a book about what you can expect with this game or what we can hope for. But as we're talking about things like just modifying your ship for different purposes, whether that be pirating or shipping goods, you know, going on cargo runs, whatever it may be. I really hope they lean into the whole role-playing side of it. Not just being like the fun and exciting things like being a pirate or, you know, like a, a soldier or whatever the different options are. Like I hope they lean into more of the mundane role playing things. Like if I just want to be a cargo runner,
0: like if you just want to be a trucker in space,
1: yeah, and make it a, a fun experience that has some depth to it because I think we're finding, you know, within the last few years, people really enjoy that. Like the more mundane things. I know in GTA, there's all these servers that are being built. That are role playing servers. So, like, if someone wants to just be a normal person, like an NPC, you can do that. Not everyone wants to be the pirate all the time or the bad guy or just like the hero. So, I really hope they do roll into or lean into some of the more mundane things that you can do as just as a part of role playing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited for that. But I guess, like, I guess to kind of you know, as a natural, I guess the next point, the dogfights, man, the space combat. What did you think of that? Like, we got to see some of that. And it kind of looked like they had a system where you can take, you have like a certain energy pool and you can take that energy and you can either put it into your engines or put it into your guns, but also like just like the dog fighting just looks sick. So, so what are your thoughts on that?
1: I feel like, so if there's any areas that I'm a little nervous about dog fighting is one of them. I get the feel that that's hard to do in a game. It's
0: hard to develop Mm -mm.
1: this dog fighting system. I mean, The only real experience I have with that, with like space dogfighting, is with like Star Wars Battlefront. Mm -hmm. I think they've done a pretty good job at that. I don't know how you would improve it based off of that game. So I have no reason to believe they aren't doing a good job with that. And it won't be a lot of fun and, and just well done. But I think it's probably an area that's easy to mess up because there's so many things to consider just on how it feels and how the weapon systems work. so yeah i'm really excited to really feel that because they showed it a lot in the direct video but it's one thing to watch it be done in a perfect environment and then actually play it yourself and get your own feel for it so yeah it looks really cool but uh that's something i'm really looking forward to getting my hands on
0: yeah i feel like we're not gonna know until we we get hands on with that one I guess I will say, you know, obviously like Star Wars Battlefront 2, they had some really cool, I guess multiplayer, you know, dogfighting. They've also, you know, Star Wars, they had a... Uh, squadrons? Squadrons, yeah, they had Star Wars Squadrons. I never and, played and it. I've actually played a couple other like dogfighting sims because I, I do actually really like them. You know, I guess <laughs> Star Wars Lego, you know, they even have dogfighting in that as well. No Man's Sky has it. And I've played a lot of them. And I guess this, like, energy system where you transfer, you know, energy from one system to another to improve it rapidly is, is something that's, you know, it's been around. It was in Squadrons. It's been in a couple other Sim games. And I guess, like, I just kind of wonder how the balance between, you know, Sim and feel good is, is how it's gonna, like, the balance between, like, making it look cool and making it feel cool. Does it feel good to play?
1: That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought that up with this whole energy transfer thing. It seems like they're adding more dimensions to dogfighting than just steering and speed and shooting. It sounds like they're really letting you focus on how you're, I guess, shifting power for your ship. Like, where are you focusing on? What do you need to do to win this fight outside of just steering and shooting and and going fast so Mm -hmm. hopefully like you said there is a balance and hopefully it's not too complicated because I feel like that can happen pretty easily but also at the same time they are adding more dimensions to it to make it more of a like a richer experience when you're dogfighting it's not just relying on three different things you're really having to focus on how your ship is actually functioning to win the fight
0: yeah yeah, I guess something that I will, do, I guess, just touch on, you know, with these dogfighting and space games, I guess what really can make or break an experience is, is cover. And when you're in a space environment, like if you're just like out in the open, like and you're a sitting duck or then the other person's a sitting duck, like that's not very interesting. But, you know, you put it in an asteroid field or you put some space debris, like that can really add some dynamics to it. And I think what's just important to remember is that they kind of say like, one of the systems is your grab jump, like your gravity jump. I don't really know what it is, but it's like how you like warp speed out of there. They kind of say like that is a really important part of it. And I kind of wonder if, you know, if you're caught out in an open space, like maybe the best thing to do is run. And I know that that's not interesting, but maybe like knowing when to just run is going to be half the battle and knowing, you know, Hey, like maybe I'm itching for, you know, some space combat. Maybe I'm going to scope out and wait for you know in this asteroid field wait for somebody to come up and maybe you initiate it instead of kind of being a random encounter and i really
1: hope that's the case i hope that you run into scenarios where hey i shouldn't take this person on this enemy whatever it may be because i mean i think like with skyrim and fallout there was a level system so Mm -hmm. you kind of know when you come across an enemy they're a much higher level than me i don't have that much experience left or yet i don't have the tools to take this enemy on so i'm sure they're going to do something similar in starfield and so there is that incentive instead of taking that enemy head on when you're inexperienced you don't have the tools for it yeah just run away and come back to them at a later time i feel like that really adds to just the rewarding aspect of the game like hey i've faced them originally i couldn't take them on because i wasn't experienced enough i went. i did my side missions i developed my character i built my ship now I can come back and take that enemy on again and and really conquer that person, that enemy, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for that. And I guess, you know, this is a great transition in between something that No Man's Sky had that this game doesn't have is you know a seamless like round to space transition. And I think that, you know, some people are I guess a little bit sad because there's something that No Man's Sky did that nobody has been able to replicate. Is, you know, you can take your starship from space and, you know, landed on the planet and you can explore that planet, hop back in your spaceship and go right back up to space. And I think there's going to, I mean, I think they pretty much all but confirmed there's going to be a loading screen in between the two. But I think that, you know, I guess maybe to bring it back towards the planets, I guess, away from the starship, you know, I mean, something that they touched on, you know, it kind of seems like they're going to be two different worlds. Like you're going to have the one world, like out in this space where you're in your spaceship And, you know, you're traveling and you're engaging in these dogfights, you know, maybe you're having piracy, but then you're going to come back down to the planet. And I guess like when you're on the planet, like you can still run into pirates, you know, run into other enemies and, you know, run into random things in the world. And they also, you know, kind of confirm that they have jetpacks. I think that that's super sick. Um, So I guess like, how do you feel about the jetpacks and kind of like that, you know, the dichotomy between being in space and being on the ground?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think with jetpacks, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think, I think it depends on your character. I don't think every character will get a jetpack, correct?
0: I'm not sure. I think there's one of the skills in the skill tree, or like one of your character, or in your character customization, I think one of them is you just get a jetpack right out the gate, but they showed off a lot of jetpack gameplay. So it kind of makes, I mean, I want one.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. It looks really cool. Jetpacks are always fun. So it will definitely, I feel like it will give you an advantage right off the bat compared to a lot of other Mm -hmm. abilities you can probably get. But something Bethesda's always done is giving you again with options with your character, you can have different abilities. And that means you might sacrifice something in one area, but you gain an advantage in another. So if you get that, jetpack advantage, maybe you're missing out on a stealth advantage, or if you get a yeah, stealth advantage, that. you know, maybe you don't get the jetpack. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how they approach the balance between all the different skills and, and attributes, but the jetpack that does seem really cool.
0: Yeah. So I guess with the jetpack, it kind of seems like it would be something that'd be really useful, like right out of the gate, but it kind of seems like if you're going to put a hundred hours into it and you can get the jetpack at an hour 10, you know, it kind of seems like maybe you're, I guess, leaving yourself or cutting yourself short, like one trait or one skill. So I you know, I really, you know, that give and take is going to be interesting. And I guess, are you just going to jump right in or are you going to wait for some of like the guides to come out that like have like the breakdowns on what different skills are?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard to say. I think... I'm just very much into the role-play aspect, so even if that means it's going to be a little bit harder for me, that's okay, because I'm getting Mm -hmm. the experience, like, it's not, I'm not someone who wants to jump into a game and just get the best advantage you can have right away just because you want to beat it. Mm -hmm. I want to experience the game the way it was designed to be experienced, and if that means losing a few times and not having every advantage as soon as you can, then I'm totally for that, so... If I have to wait a little bit to get the jetpack, I'm cool with that. If it means I'm going to have to sacrifice a bunch of other things, then I'll wait. But at the same time, I'm probably going to want that relatively quick because it seems like a yeah. pretty big part of the game. And when it you're seems when you're super space, sick, yeah. When you've got when there's zero gravity, like jetpack could be pretty helpful. So it'll just yeah. uh, It's a hard one to answer now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do myself. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I guess something else to touch on is, you know, gravity. They talk about how every, you know, planet is going to have its own gravity and they kind of show off one planet where you're kind of moving a little bit slow and the next one you're taking these huge, gigantic leaps across the environment. I'm really excited for that. I don't know about you.
1: No, no, that's very cool and kind of exciting to think about because how many games have that? feature to it like a zero gravity feature or at least do it well so i mean i can't name one to be honest and maybe i'm just not playing them but yeah i'm really excited because it's something i feel like i haven't experienced before so hopefully they did a really good job with it i'm sure they did but yeah i mean i can't there's probably so many possibilities that come with the zero gravity landscape or i guess each planet like you said will have its own kind of gravity setup so yeah it'll It'll be cool to experience that. Like when you get to a new planet, it's something you'll have to look out for. Like what's the gravity situation here, you know? So that'll be a really fun aspect to it, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just can't wait personally. And yeah, I think there's going to be like some planets that are going to have like super low gravity. And I'm just excited to see how far I can get in those. And then like on the spaceships, like zero gravity, they showed off one where like they were shooting a gun and the recoil of the gun was pushing them backwards in the zero gravity. So I'm just excited to see that system in in action. Yeah. So I guess something else we could touch on is the companions. Oh, yeah. So I guess, how are you feeling about like the companions? I guess that's another topic we haven't quite mentioned yet.
1: Yeah, that's another one that I'm really curious about how that will work. You know, like how how useful will the companions be? Will they be annoying? You know, will they be (laughs) fun? Will they be something you want to keep around? Because I think all of the above is possible. And maybe it just depends on your companion. But I think it could be really cool. It could be very helpful in a lot of situations, I think. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to see how they approach the whole companion feature. Because I think in Skyrim they had a similar thing. Where you could establish like a partner, but they really didn't add a lot of value. There wasn't much you could do with them.
0: Yeah, you could like hire somebody, and they'd kind of just follow you around and chat with you every now and again. Yeah, you could hire like a mercenary, which would be useful. I did that pretty frequently. So I'm just I'm curious to see how they
1: how they approach it in the (laughs) Starfield.
0: Yeah, it kind of looked like there was you could fall in love. It looks like so. I guess we'll (laughs) We'll see how that happens. You
1: could fall in love, which. I think you could marry someone in Skyrim, but it—I mm-hmm. mean, you'd like marry them, and all that meant was they just stayed around your your house or whatever. And I don't even remember they did like little tasks here and there, but it wasn't like a big deal. So, yeah, curious to see how they how they approach that.
0: I think they could also say you can assign different people to different ships and different outposts. So I'm excited to see you know what they do with that because that would be really cool if you could like hire somebody and then say like, Hey, go work here at my outpost on the other side of the galaxy. Like, I, I wonder how that's going to work. Or Hey, how about you pilot my ship and go, go pirate some stuff for me. Like, I wonder how that's going to work out.
1: I do too. I wonder as well. And I think also we should make the distinction here. You've got your, there's like companions you can hire to like man your ship and help you out at the outpost and mm-hmm. do whatever you need help with. And then you've got like a robot assistant
0: and yeah. i don't know what they call that thing Do you remember that i don't i don't either i think his name was like vasco or something
1: yeah yeah
0: i think there was only one though
1: only one and i think everyone gets it i think like human companions you can kind of pick and choose who you go with and how many you have but mm-hmm. i think everyone gets this robot and you only get one of them
0: i'm totally gonna get that guy man it's gonna be my that- main, that's gonna be my main companion that robot
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he seems he seems pretty fun. Seems like he'll add some good support when you're in fights and, and whatnot. But yeah, it should be interesting. And I don't, I'm curious what the companions will do at your outpost. Did you get any more detail on that? Like what roles they'll play?
0: I don't think they've really touched on it. I think they're kind of leaving that up to the imagination. I guess like the outpost and the outpost building are really kind of going to come down to, you know, the economy. And I think it's kind of going to be more of a like a resource kind of thing where you're trying to get resources and min-max the economy. But I don't know. I mean, they had some really cool shots of some like sweeping outposts. like They had like gorgeous views and they just look sick. So I'm really excited to kind of make my own. And are you going to get into like the building aspect of those outposts at all? Is that something you're excited for?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> man.
1: Yes, I'm a big... <laughs> We haven't played Minecraft in a while, Blake, but you can ask mm-hmm. any of my friends that I...
0: I know you're a big... But you normally take your house pretty seriously, so... Yeah, I'm into
1: building things, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it be Minecraft, they used to play The Sims all the time. I'm big into, like, city builders, mm-hmm. just any type of simulation game, especially with, like, a building aspect to it. So, yeah, without a doubt, I'll be very interested in the outpost building and what you can do. I think that was something... No Man's Sky had that kind of aspect, right? You could build outposts.
0: Yeah, it was pretty confusing. I personally didn't really like it that much. Let's say you placed something and you wanted to change it. It was just a pain in the ass to change it. I remember I had to like look it up every time I did it because I just could never figure it out. So I guess the way that it kind of worked is you would find these like data currency and then you would take it to another location and then you would unlock... The ability to build like, oh, do you want a wall with a window? Do you want that wall to be wood or do you want that wall to be steel or brick? And you'd kind of have to unlock every single one. And it was just a huge pain in the ass. And at the end of the, like, before I walked away, I turned on kind of like the unlimited economy and I pretty much like bought everything. And then I was still like, you know, I could just build anything I want and... It just is not really that intuitive.
1: Yeah. So hopefully, thanks for sharing that experience. I remember you saying that a while back when you were real deep into No Man's Sky.
0: I guess I was always wanting more. Is a good way to say it. Yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. I feel like a common
1: theme tonight has been balance, like balance Mm -hmm. between game performance and how it looks and balance between procedurally generated worlds and handcrafted worlds and, balance between you know over complexity and simplicity so hopefully with starfield this whole outpost building feature is more intuitive than no man's sky and a lot of the other i guess simulation games out there another one i, I could draw a comparison to i don't know if you've played this one but some of your listeners might be familiar it's called the forest Are you the familiar forest? With the forest
0: yeah i've never heard of the forest
1: we can talk about it offline but just real quick it's Basically, you're stranded in a forest, you're on a plane that crashed, and you were the only survivor, and so you're in this, death, or you know, forest on an island, I think. And Very isolated. Yeah, very isolated, and there's mutants, though, so those are like your enemies, and so your goal, there's like human mutants, and oh. there's a whole story behind it and how they came to be, but I think they do a really good job of letting you build from the ground up, using your natural resources, like trees, and dirt, and sand and whatever else to mold into these like structures that ultimately protect you from the elements and from these enemies. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I think that's one that I look like when I consider a good example of a game that's built this like outpost feature, the force is a good example of that. And so if Starfield can do something similar where there's a good balance where you're not spending so much time getting natural resources, there's a good balance between that and actually building your outposts I think that'd be a really good thing so
0: yeah I do kind of think it might be more of a late game system I am kind of I guess like worried that you're really gonna to have to grind to have the resources to do it I think one thing that kind of gives me comfort is it kind of showed like you can switch to an isometric view and you can look down at your outpost and kind of like switch things around and like change the layout and like change the positioning of different buildings and that is something that's really exciting to me i think that i guess we'll get into this a little bit later and i think i may be holding on to this like like one aspect a little bit too much and my expectations might be a little too high but they kind of show this like greenhouse and all of these like plants that you could grow and then i think one other time they mentioned like plants and fauna that you can grow. And for me, I just want to build a place where I can have a ton of plants. Like I wanna to go to planets, like pick the plants, like get the plants and grow them. And it hasn't like totally been confirmed that you can do that. Like and you can kind of do it to some degree. But oh man, I just want to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there will be that aspect. I mean this game will have something for everyone I think. If you're more mm-hmm. of a run and gun type, you just always want to be in the action. They'll have that. Or if you want to take a slower kind of free and thumb approach or, like, exploration approach where it encourages you, like, really surveying the land of every planet you visit and picking things up and taking it back with you so that you can kind of research it further. I'm sure they'll have an aspect of that. I don't remember seeing much of that in the direct. Maybe they just didn't cover it too much. There, but there really
0: wasn't much.
1: Yeah, I, I think we did, like you said, I think we kind of got glimpses of things that might lead to that. So. Mm-hmm. I'm still keeping
0: my hopes
1: up. Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. And I'll just say, too, something I'm most excited about with the outpost building is I love the idea of having, like, a home or somewhere to just stop by at, like, different planets, you know, as opposed to just having one place that's, like, your outpost. Like, you can go to this planet and know, like, I've got a different style based on the environment that it's in it's got different resources and it's got a different purpose than my outpost at a different planet. So super excited about that. I think that's really cool. I think this is one of the bigger opportunities they have in this game to really just hit it out of the park is this whole outpost idea of like building it and just the purpose it'll serve in the game and, and in the worlds, you know? So that's what I'm excited for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That just sounds so awesome to me. Like, I, I honestly can't wait for that either. i Love snow planets, so I just can't wait to have like a snow planet outpost on the top of a mountain, and I'm gonna have like fireplace. S- yes, I'm gonna have a fireplace, I'm gonna have all kinds of glass windows, and then I want to have one on the desert too, and like maybe one on like a green planet, or shit if you can put one underwater, oh, sign me up.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> not to get too far ahead of ourselves here. I mean, your imagination kind of runs wild. Oh, part. absolutely. But that's yeah. the fun thing about this game, I think.
0: But also like the funnest part about like, it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we don't know what it's going to be. Like our imagination can really yeah, run, we're run probably wild. Just
1: throwing things out there and, you yeah. know, it will stick, but I will say too, kind of similar to like, it'd be cool if you can build like a garden and you can plant things from other planets you've discovered and just like research them and, and watch them grow and whatnot. But similar to that life forms if you could build not like a zoo
0: but like or like a menagerie menagerie or something yeah
1: (laughs) like some way to i think the harry potter game the hogwarts game did that kind of where you can creatures you discover out in the wild you can Mm -hmm. kind of take note of them or maybe take one back with you and like look after it just just a cool way to track your progress in the game just as far as exploration goes and I think that would be a big part of it is just these alien creatures. And so I guess like ones.
0: having like an encyclopedia and a menu of everything you've scanned doesn't cut it for you or you've got to have them in a zoo.
1: Well, I think that's the minimum. I think that's, that's what you good. need at the base. It's okay. like an encyclopedia. <laughs> Surely they'll have something like that sure, where you can
0: you've got to. take a
1: picture and like some notes and it'll tell you like how it behaves and that kind of thing. But I think it'd be really cool. Kind of like my pie in the sky. Like if you could, take one back with you, maybe like transport it on your ship and keep it at your outpost or just teleport it there. I don't know. But if you could like keep it with you, that'd be really cool. Maybe like a pet at the Mm -hmm. very least. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I guess that's honestly, that's a great transition to one of the things I want to talk about, which is the aliens and the life forms. Man, I don't know how you felt. They looked fucking creepy to me. I got to say, I hate bugs. And most of them just looked like souped up super sci-fi bugs. And I honestly... I think I saw there might have been a flamethrower or a rocket launcher. Man, sign me up for that. Like, I'll be the <laughs> the space exterminator any day. No thank you to space bugs. <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. I mean, you're not wrong. They didn't look very friendly most of the time.
0: <laughs> there were some that looked like really chill dinosaurs, And then there were just like creepy bugs that wanted to kill you. So
1: (laughs) Yeah. I keep going back to Skyrim, but how can you not, you know, when Mm -hmm. we're talking about this game and with Skyrim, something that I loved about that game was just all the different creatures I had. I mean, it's a fantasy like mythological world. So you're going to have things like trolls and giant spiders and things like that. I think they did a really good job with that. And just the variety of creatures out there. So with, Starfield that's something I'm really looking forward to because we know that Bethesda is really good at building these random creatures and designing them and and their behaviors and that type of thing so I guess one question I'd have and I don't even know Blake if you know the answer but will any of these creatures be procedurally generated kind of like No Man's Sky or if they are what's the balance between like handcrafted creatures that they design themselves and procedurally generated ones You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if they touched on that at all. Yeah. I guess, like, just going back to No Man's Sky, I mean, you could definitely tell that there were some parts of some animals that they just didn't go together. It was just like, this is just an abomination of (laughs) of a creature. And then you would start to see the same, I guess, like, parts on animals on different planets. That kind of took me out of it a little bit. So... I kind of hope it's mostly handcrafted with the animals. just. But I mean, like, that's also, that's such a task, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. If there's a thousand planets, I mean, if there's life on half of them, that's, I mean, you can't only have one species, you know? So I feel like if I was just going to, like, if I was going to solve this problem practically, I'd probably say, like, hey, let's design a couple parts, like animal parts, like these parts, do they go together with this part? You know, maybe there's, like, different classes where it's, like, these parts can go with this part, but... You know, these parts don't go with this part. So I don't know if. Yeah. I guess I'm assuming it's like a mix.
1: I think that's a safe assumption. I'm sure it is. There will probably be like, not bosses, but some other bigger main story driven creatures that they want you to interact with that are mm-hmm. handcrafted just to give you that experience. But there will also, I'm sure, be quite a lot of creatures that maybe were procedurally generated or weren't. handcrafted.
0: But I mean, you're also in space of like, if there's something that's really alien, you know I mean? That might not be the worst thing.
1: No, I mean, that's what they have going for them. Like that's the argument is the whole Mm -hmm. concept of this is like, we don't know what aliens look like. The possibilities are pretty much limitless. So that's what no man's sky had going for it was you can't criticize them for the way the creatures look because
0: we, we don't know. We don't know.
1: Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. But I did want to say, I really do hope that there are like some, I don't know, like main creatures that you can take on maybe like trophies that they've implemented because Skyrim had something like that. I think where Mm. like there were creatures that were super high level. You couldn't take on until you were really experienced and have the tools to do it. And And there was the dragons too. The dragons. Right. So I'm really hoping they've got something similar in this, some type of creatures and whatnot that like, really incentivize you to level up and so that you can take these on and just kind of overcome them. So, but on top of that, I really am curious they I don't think they touched on those much at all, but like the whole concept of like item rarity, like in Skyrim, and I think fallout, mm. there's this concept of, Oh my gosh, you know, you have this sword that's crazy because you know, how hard it is to get that sword. Either you have to be a really high level or you have to do this super mission or whatever. To get this object, I hope they keep that going because I think that's fun. Because just having a super rare item is something that you feel so accomplished about. And it just kind of opens up doors for you that you wouldn't have if you didn't have that item.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I really hope that they have that in there. And I guess I'm surprised we haven't talked about this yet. But I guess you haven't played it, so I guess it makes sense. But when you think about open world games, Zelda, you know, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, they definitely change the game. But one thing that it's always bothered me, and I think it's one of the weakest parts of the game, is the weapons. You know, you go and you find a cool weapon and it breaks 10 minutes later, or in Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, sure, I can fuse a rock to my sword, but that doesn't look cool. It doesn't feel cool. And that's one thing that I, fundamentally, I just don't agree with that game design philosophy that they went with there and that's why i'm so excited for this rpg because i fucking love that kind of shit man like i love you know doing this crazy mission and then oh i got a sick pistol you know what i'm gonna be a pistol main now or i got this like really cool artifact it's like oh i guess i'm just gonna rock this amulet the rest of the game because this is awesome or i've got a bracelet yeah it doesn't do anything but man does it look sick so
1: mm-hmm. yeah no for sure and I think it has a huge role with like weapons and having the rarest weapon is great, obviously. And it helps you out a lot, but outside of just weapons, like just miscellaneous items in Skyrim, one of my favorite rare items was, I think it was called the skeleton key. Mm -hmm. And so like one of my favorite builds in Skyrim was the thief where your sneak levels were really high and you could like pickpocket anyone basically. And, You could sneak into places and steal things. It was an easy way for me to get really rare things without having to, like, battle super high-leveled enemies. And so the skeleton key wasn't a rare weapon by any means, but it was just a super rare item that literally opened doors for you and gained you access to really cool things, rare things. And so I know with Starfield, they talked about how – I don't remember exactly how they described it, but, like, you'll have the ability to pretty much pick up anything you see, like as far as little items go, like from food to tools and weapons, like you can pick things up and keep them in your inventory. So I'm really looking forward to how they approach, like item rarity outside of just weapons, things that can help you out in the world. I'm sure there'll be like super rare ship parts that yeah, only, totally. like you know, will allow your ship to go super fast. If you can't reach this speed without the super rare part, And to get this part, you've got to do this list of missions and things. So, like, I mean, it just, that's what I'm really excited for with this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for this, too. Like, what could you even discover? Like, what's it going to be? Like, I just can't wait. I guess the mystery and suspense, I'm just here for it. (laughs) So, I guess this might be a good time to talk about the skill tree and, like, the role point. Do you know what you're going to try and do? Yeah, do you know how you're going to roleplay? Do you have, like, a character in mind? And if you don't yet, yeah, I'm happy to go first because I've I've got my heart set on a couple things.
1: So. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you do, Blake. I'm really sure because I know you do your research on this stuff. I'll let you go first, but I will just say, I know they've got different, like, archetypes. I think the Space Cowboy is one of them. Then there's, like, just a, like a really smart space exploration, like a science. Yeah, I guess there's, like, science. Mm -hmm. he's like a businessman I think so yeah I'll just I'm kind of familiar with some of the different ones I haven't really made my mind up yet but I'll let you kind of talk to
0: you know honestly I think there's so many I think I'm gonna have to do multiple playthroughs you know because there's like something that we haven't even touched on yet is like a dialogue system and I think there's like a whole diplomat like you could just do like a pacifist run and kind of do but if you put all your skill points into diplomacy you might just be able to talk your way out of every situation Also, it's crazy that we've gotten this far and we haven't talked about combat. So we should—we got to talk about the combat next. But I mean, for me, I guess when they were going through this direct, like something that really spoke to me was just like all these pistols just look sick. And I think I'm going to be like a pistol main. I really want to be like a bounty hunter, but I also just want to be like a plant dude. So I think I'm going to try and be like a bounty hunter that just loves plants. And I think that's kind of going to be my whole like role playing thing. Like I'm gonna be like a botanist and my bounty hunting is gonna fund my green thumb. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> There you go. I love that you already have a path laid out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I hope it's as fulfilling as you hope it is. I mean it sounds like sounds like a really good idea, so I'm curious to see how that will play
0: out. I hope so man and I guess the thing that's like that's kind of giving me some mysteries like we don't know how much like the plants and like the growing like we don't even yeah I think they mentioned it like a single time in the direct so like we don't really know like what that's gonna be like so I think that for me I think they do talk about bounty hunting and I think that is like a skill so I feel safe in saying that like I want to like role play as a bounty hunter a little bit but like I think that's just fun like what if there's like some side mission that's about plants like I'm going to drop everything to do that. Cause I'm going to try and role play as like a, a botanist. So I'm just excited for that. And I think I'm going to try and do like pistols and sniper rifles. But also I think I might throw my hat in the melee a little bit as well. Cause there was, they had like a yeah, sword. The melee
1: options. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And I think one of the last things they alluded to in the direct, they didn't talk about it at all was it looked like the force kind of, you could yeah, like, It kind
0: of look like space magic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't get into that much, but that might be one of those super rare attributes, yeah. you know, trade yeah. skills.
0: You're the equivalent of the dragonborn. You can do the shout.
1: <laughs> yeah. The shout. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no hard, rolls like, his eyes
0: There. <laughs> I guess if I were to think about
1: what type of character I want to start off with, I mean, of course I'll have multiple playthroughs without a doubt. I'll definitely do one that's like a pirate like a space pirate. Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. So that's just so necessary. And then also I like the idea of kind of like an entrepreneur. I don't know what, like a a business person, like go for the economy build. Yep. Because they had, they did call it like one guy in there is like, he's kind of like an entrepreneur. And so I'm curious how that would like play into the outpost building. Like if you can like start a business, that'd be really cool. And that's maybe how you can use your companions is like as employees kind of to help you make money through this business. And so that's something I'm really curious about. Now I have no idea if that's even something they're doing, but I feel like that's something that hasn't really been done. And at least in any Bethesda games yet is like an entrepreneur type person. So definitely would be curious about that one.
0: Yeah, if there's like, I mean, who knows? The world's are always oyster, you know, this is speculation. So I guess we can wish for anything here. If there's like a route where you could just like own a coffee shop, sign me up, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could own a coffee shop 100 i'm dropping everything to do that
1: <laughs> i would too honestly it'd be pretty cool uh,
0: that sounds awesome or even
1: here's another one if you could like be a farmer i mean surely that's an option
0: yeah because it seems like you can be a miner like you can build outposts and e- extract the resources so i feel like i don't know i don't want to say it's like a safe bet but it kind of feels like they go hand in hand like it feels like there's so much other stuff. It feels like that's gotta be in there. That's kind of my, what I'm thinking. I guess knock on wood. So let's touch on the combat really quick. I mean, I think we've talked about just about everything there's to talk about at this point. I can't believe we're getting to this last. In the direct, there was a heavy focus on like showing the gunplay and the melee builds and like showing like what it looked like to fight in this game. Like, what were your thoughts on that? I know that you play a lot. A lot more first-person shooters than I do. And I think you have just historically played a lot more of those. Were there any red flags? I guess, like, what did you feel like when you saw it?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So Skyrim didn't have any guns. It was not a first-person shooter. It was all melee-based.
0: Well, I think th- I think there are some mods where you can just mod in guns, and then you just oh. like <laughs> just wreck everyone. They
1: modded that game, I mean, to the extreme. So you're probably right, but I didn't play any of those. I think the closest thing you could do to shooting was like shooting a bow.
0: Yeah, but they used like mm, throw fireballs, right?
1: Yes, but at the end of the day, you weren't you know wielding a nah. gun with magazines and all that, so it's a little different.
0: Also, I guess I guess really quick, not to cut you off, are you gonna play this like first person or third person? Cause they did kind of say that you can do both. And it kind of looked like even if you're doing like third person, you look down the site, it kind of takes you into Yeah.
1: When it comes to like first person shooters, I prefer being in first person. And then even outside of that, just any Bethesda game, I've historically played them in first person. I don't even yep. know, if the third person option's there, I didn't really use it. So I
0: think you played first person Skyrim?
1: Yeah, I did. You're a psycho.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, it's come to think about it. Yeah, man. I played first person. So I'm a third um, person Zane, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, it could change, but with Starfield I think I'll keep it first person. What I was trying to get at is basically I didn't play Fallout that much. It wasn't really my kind of game. I prefer Skyrim. I appreciated Fallout. I, I tried it plenty of times, but I just didn't play it much. So I know they had more gunplay in that game. But to me, Bethesda games are naturally first person shooters. And Starfield seems to be kind of really taking that on. So I am excited. I think it looked good, but I'm also a little nervous, like how it's going to feel. Because to me, they do melee very well when it comes to actually shooting a gun. I don't know how that's going to play. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it looked really good. For me, I guess like, I mean, obviously a a comparison point you're going to have is, you know, like a Call of Duty. But I mean, I feel like nobody's going to be able to get that good. Nothing's going to feel that good. So I feel like you can't go into this like expecting that. I guess the level that I'm kind of coming in is like, how does it feel to play like a Fortnite or like a Lego Star Wars or like other AAA experiences, you know, that have like constraints with them as well. Call of Duty, like the shooting, it's the only thing. Well, like with Fortnite, they change everything so much that there is like, you know, that little bit of jankiness to it. And with Lego Star Wars, for example, that surprisingly just felt incredibly smooth, even though, you know, it was third person, they kind of had like a lock on kind of thing. And I guess I, I'm trying to think if I've really played any other like first person shooters recently. I guess Halo is another one. Is that that like
1: I, Battlefield or Battlefront.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I played those. And I think that those felt great. I feel like you don't really notice it unless it's really bad or really good. So I'm kind of hoping that it's... And I mean, I guess it looked like there was a lot of different feelings, like a lot of different types of weapons. Like the shotguns looked, incred- looked incredible. I don't know. The pistols looked really fun to me. They had some snipers and they had like these heavy machine guns with like lasers on them. Those ones looked sick. So I guess there's a high potential, I would say.
1: No, I think high potential is a good way of putting it. And... I think to anyone curious or skeptical about how combat will play in this game, especially when it comes to guns and whatnot, watch the direct because you get a lot of footage to get an idea of what it will look like and kind of how it will feel. But also I think they talked to it really well and I don't remember exactly what they were saying, but they really did stress the fact that like they spent a lot of time on combat. They really wanted to feel well I think that just kind of reassures me that they've done it right. They're going to put their own spin on it. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, I think naturally for me, I've just never considered Bethesda to be, like, a first-person shooter game. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to take that on.
0: Yeah, I'm very interested in it because, I mean, for a game that it feels like you can do anything, they sure did spend a lot of time showing off, like, the gunplay and, the like, the combat of it. And... It took it from something that I was kind of, like, not disinterested in, but it's not the reason I'm coming to it, to now I'm like, you know, actually, this might be really fun. I might want to come here for the gunplay.
1: I think it's important to say, too, like, at the end of the day, if the gunplay doesn't work out or you just don't vibe with it, there's probably going to be so much else you can do that doesn't involve, like, shooting people and whatnot. Like,
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: definitely. I'm sure shooting from your ship will feel different than first-person shooting. And, oh, my gosh, and then, yeah. And then you don't have to always be in combat also. Like, there's just this whole, I think exploration is a huge part of it, and just flying around, seeing new places, just observing the world and building your outposts. Like, there's so much more to it. So, obviously, I think the game wasn't built around combat, I don't think. It was built around exploration. So, no matter how it looks, it's not going to define the game. The combat won't define the game.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing that they touched on, I guess kind of like the contrast, the combat, they kind of talked about like the quiet moments. I'm personally more excited for the quiet moments. Or I'm actually, I don't know. I'm excited for the combat. I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm excited for both, you know, the contrast between the quiet moments and the, the ripping action, which I'm normally not super into, but I'm just I'm feeling it, man. <laughs> no, I get it. I think too, I mean, it's worth mentioning like the AI, how will the enemies interact with you in
1: a gunfight? Mm -hmm. That's always, that just adds so much to, like a good AI behavior in a gunfight adds so much to the experience. Um, I know Call of Duty has done a lot to improve that, like in the campaign, for example, when you're fighting enemy AI, I think they've come a long way in how they react to like situations and how it feels to fight them. And so, like, it's one thing to have, like, an enemy that you're shooting at that just doesn't move or maybe misses every shot. That kind of sucks. It's not a very fun experience because you don't feel like it's really – you don't feel in danger. You don't feel like there's a lot of skill to kill this thing, the, the enemy. So I hope that the enemy AI has been developed to a point where it feels like a real a real battle here. Like, you're really – you have to really think how you're going to defeat this person, this enemy, and it's not just as easy as like pointing and shooting, like you have to take cover and you have to do these different things. So I think it's good to consider the AI and the saddles and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's just one of those things where you're not really going to know until you, you know, you get there and experience it. But I don't know from what we saw, they, they looked pretty good to me or they looked as good as any other. I feel like it's one of those where you can really, you can tell if it's bad and I didn't look bad. So at least from what we saw. Well, do you have anything else that you want to talk about for this direct? I feel like we covered just so much. I mean, (laughs) we've we've, we've been talking for so long, but is there anything else you can think of?
1: I can't wait. When does it come out? September?
0: Yeah, early September. I think first week in September.
1: Okay. Yeah, now you've got me all excited, Blake, so I'll have to wait for this month, but it'll be okay. Are you going
0: to... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead first because I've got a pretty big thing to say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mine's kind of just a joke. Are you gonna collect some sandwiches like they do in? Uh... <laughs> I really love this moment in the direct. There was, a, I guess, one of the developers. They they kind of talk about how they 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 just loved stealing all the sandwiches, and they had like a huge pile of sandwiches. Then <laughs> I don't know. Like I mean, I've noticed this because I've watched it three times. They actually. They... <laughs> they have this really like it's honestly like an epic shot where it's like this sandwich it's kind of like spinning in, in zero gravity and like the transition is like the sandwich is spinning and then it kind of like fades and the sandwich turns into the planet and like that's like the transition <laughs> and it's actually like a beautiful transition
1: that's hilarious they've got a really good humor to be honest i mean the the sandwich pile scene was, was really funny and how you can collect them so I don't know if I'll be doing that, but I like that you can. I like the option. <laughs> Maybe I'll be collecting something else, but yeah, that's funny. What I was going to say was they haven't announced like an online PvP multiplayer aspect to this game yet, have they?
0: I don't think so. I think it's just a solo experience, a solo endeavor.
1: I thought so too. And I mean, that's. I think it's just really important to be aware of especially mm-hmm. if you're considering buying this game because there's a lot of people out there that won't buy a game if it's not PVP, you know what I mean? They don't want to just play the campaign. Now this game is different. Like, I mean, yeah. I
0: think it's a like, it's role playing.
1: There's a reason there's no player PVP option because it's just so vast. And that's what we've talked about this whole time is everything to this game. But I was curious because at the end of the day, it would be kind of cool if we could, you know, be in the same world and like it try. would it
0: would be cool if we could team up and maybe take on some zealots together or take on some pirates or maybe just f- rob some people who knows <laughs> create mayhem in the universe
1: i think this game will be just fine without it but i think if anything it would be kind of cool to stay out that so it's something to look forward to maybe someday but just maybe. To confirm. yeah at the start though it's just
0: i think it's just supposed to be a solo solo experience Man, Starfield, I think it's coming out September 9th. So.
1: Yeah, and if you have Xbox Game Pass.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. You don't even have to buy the game. You can just get Game Pass.
1: It is crazy. And I've actually, I've already pre-downloaded it.
0: From Game Pass.
1: Yeah, you can download it and day one, you can just fire it up. So really looking forward to that.
0: So I guess since since you have Game Pass, is there really any reason for you to buy it because you have Game Pass? I mean, I guess like you would buy it if it leaves Game Pass.
1: Right. If it left Game Pass, I'd certainly buy it because I wouldn't be able to play it anymore. But I think the only incentive to buying it, if it's on Game Pass already, is it would be for like maybe the pre-order bonuses or like the deluxe bonuses, like getting a different edition. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure you only get the standard edition of Starfield in the Game Pass. That's how it is for most games. So if you wanted to upgrade and get like those additional skins or DLCs or whatever comes with that premium version... That would be the only real incentive to buy it, I think.
0: Are you gonna get the upgraded re- or the deluxe version? You know, I haven't really considered it yet. I'm not sure. I have thought about it a little bit because I think they have they have a pretty cool like character outfit that you can get. But the thing is, I feel like there's gonna be so many character outfits. Like, I feel like there's no way this one's gonna like like once you get 10 hours in. Like, I feel like there's no way it's gonna still be cool. Like, it might be cooler than the base one you start with, but then, like, after you play a little bit. And
1: no, it's true. And also, I think no one else, given that this isn't a PvP game, no one else is going to see the skin. I don't know if that really matters. I mean, I, I understand just the point of buying a skin for yourself to see it in the game. But I think it is worth noting, like, it's not like you can show that off in a multiplayer lobby. So
0: You can show off some screenshots, photo mode.
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's an option. But I feel like I wouldn't upgrade unless it came with like an actual DLC, some additional content you can't get without upgrading.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to do the standard version. And I guess, I guess just for the listeners, I'm, I'm probably, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to play, I'm going to try and play this on my Steam Deck. Actually, it's one of the reasons why I got a Steam Deck because I wanted to have a PC for Starfield. Um, but I don't know if it's going to run yet. Obviously, the game's not out yet. They did release the minimum specs for the PC. And I think that one of the minimum specs was you had to have like an SSD, which the Steam Deck has an SSD. So I think I should be fine. In running it, I might have to turn the settings down a little bit. I'm kind of excited for this journey. But the thing is, like, they released the minimum specs. And I haven't seen a bunch of news that's saying like, oh, this is definitely not going to run on the Steam Deck. And I feel like if it was... Too advanced for the Steam Deck. Like, like people would be, or I guess, outlets would be be posting about it. So, I'm gonna try. But I guess if I can't get it to run natively, I, I can always do Game Pass. I think I can stream it from the internet. So I think there's a couple ways I can play it.
1: <laughs> so I, I just want to ask you that. I knew you planned on playing it on your Steam Deck, but I was gonna ask. You know, I don't know if you had faced this question yet. If you couldn't play it on your Steam Deck whatever reason is it something i think you asked me this question earlier is this a game i know brandon's answered the yes we already know that but for you is this a game that's worth buying a new console for
0: yeah absolutely the thing is is that because i have the steam deck the steam deck was actually more than the xbox and the steam deck kind of opened me up to a whole new i guess like library of games with pc gaming if it doesn't run on the steam deck that would make me buck up and buy a PC. I have, you know, I mean, I have a laptop. It is getting a little bit old. I mean, I'm kind of, God, I'm hoping I can make it last a couple more years because, you know, getting a, a new PC is like $2,000. You know, I guess for me, if I would probably want to spend like $2,000 on something. And I mean, I know you can do Gosh, I don't know. I think I'd actually probably do like a little bit of a budget. If it really didn't run it, I think I'd probably go in like 1100 to $1,200 for a PC, but make sure I could, like, upgrade it later. So, but then, then it's like, I could just buy the Xbox for 500 But I think I would go with the utility. I, I need a new computer, so.
1: Yeah, I think that definitely probably, that fits your situation. But for anyone else, if you're, you don't want to get a new PC, there is the Series S option. Which I think mm-hmm. We'll run Starfield just fine. Um, maybe like not as well like, a good PC or a, a Series X, but yeah, I think you said 300
0: I think it's around 300
1: I think you're right, yeah. So, I mean, that's relatively affordable, you know, so that doesn't matter. I think
0: the Series S goes on sale pretty frequently. It looks like you can buy one used from GameStop for $279 for a Series S. I
1: mean, I would consider that a pretty good deal. I mean...
0: Actually, yeah, that's a really good deal. Yeah, for a brand new console, like... That's probably what I would do, if we're being honest, if it doesn't run on the Steam Deck. But the thing is, I'll be so pissed if it doesn't run on the Steam Deck, because it was a lot more than... I don't see why I wouldn't, more than but again,
1: I'm not familiar with it at all. I, I hope it works for you. I think it will.
0: I think it will. I think it will too. I don't think I'll be able to do 60 frames per second, but I think I'll at least be able to do 30 FPS. And I think I may have to like really clean it out and delete a lot of files and make sure it's got plenty of room to it on my SSD, but we're gonna maybe a little bit too much in the weeds here. <laughs> But yeah, I couldn't be more excited for this game. Me too, man. Yeah. I'm losing sleep over it. About once a week, I'll wake up and be like, I just can't wait for Starfield.
1: I know. Again, I mean, not, not to be too dramatic, but it has the potential to be a generation-defining game. Like, yeah. It has all the potential. So if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will.
0: Yeah, I normally like to bounce around between a couple of different games. I guess just me personally. I like to play based on my mood. I like to play based on the season. This is the only game I'm gonna play when this comes out. I think I'm gonna cut out every other game. It's gonna be my boo. I may cut out my girlfriend too. Just, just kidding. <laughs> Even the girlfriend, huh? <laughs> Actually, I made her watch a little bit of the direct, and I pulled a little bit of a fast one. I was like, "Hey, honey, do you want to watch this game trailer?" And I put on the 45-minute one, <laughs> and she didn't say anything. And we made it like 20 minutes in, and she was like, "Wow, this looks like a lot of fun." And I can tell when she's lying, she seemed pretty genuine.
1: Yeah, um, no, I think I had the same reaction from my girlfriend. I didn't pull that on her, Blake. I didn't tell her to watch <laughs> this trailer and end up showing her a 45-minute video. <laughs>
0: hey, to her credit, she almost made it 20 minutes, so good for her.
1: That's impressive, honestly. No, I told mine about it and just kind of like gave her like reference points. This game is really good, and it doesn't even let you do this. This game will let you do this. So um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So yeah. yeah it's, it's funny
0: how we have to de- describe the games to our, our significant <laughs> others. You can't be like, yeah, so like this is the same company that made Skyrim and Fallout. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Don't you know Todd Howard? Oh my god. <laughs> so, Who? <laughs> I made a little date with Erin and we're going to when it comes out, she's going to help me customize my character. She's really good with like give her like a character customization and she just really she you can really nail that. So I'm excited to kind of do that. It's kind of like a date. Will she play it
1: at all? No, no, no.
0: <laughs> no she, she's not going to touch it.
1: <laughs> Blamer. her. It feels overwhelming even at this point. So I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, man. I, I'm just so excited though. But <laughs> I think before we just start gushing again, I think maybe we should end this up. But thank you so much for joining me, Kyle. I really appreciate it. God, we'll have to get you back on once we get it in our hands.
1: I know, man. No, I'll just say thanks for having me again, of course. It's always a pleasure. It's a lot of fun to talk about, and I'm just like everyone else. I think we're really excited for it. So, yeah, just can't wait.
0: Yeah, just can't wait for our own journeys across the stars. So thanks for tuning in to the Sticky Buns podcast, and have a great one.